0: Just a reminder, our podcast deals with crimes that are often violent and graphic in nature, so listener discretion is advised. So when in doubt, leave the kids out. Now, please let us take you back in time. old time crime gal fans it's melissa here we heard shannon in the intro unfortunately i am solo again today um shannon's taking some time off she's recovering and handling some business because you know life gets busy sometimes so in her absence i'm going to talk about some more current cases i know we normally talk about older cases because that's our name old time crime gals And they're interesting, but um, if you have not heard of the name Gabby Petito, you're living under a rock because her case is everywhere, is currently breaking, stuff is happening every day, news is coming out every hour. And since we live in a 24-hour news world, and right now everyone just kind of needs a distraction from the current headlines, and I think a lot of media and reporters are tired of covering the same old, same old, and the things that won't go away. Um, so there's no shortage of coverage over this case. Also, it has a lot of their own footage from the victim herself is um, on social media, and she was, her presence was, you have know, followers, and people just kind of gravitate towards that. Um, obviously, there are a ton of missing people and kidnaps and abductions, and a child goes missing every 90 seconds, and there's Way more stories that can be featured and covered more. And with more people on the lookout, you know, they may get solved quicker. But this one is what we're going to talk about today. So we decided to use our little platform, small as it is, we may grow, but to spread the word about Gabby. Also to share the frustration um, about this so-called person of interest that has seemed to slip through the cracks and now he is an official missing person, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, first, I'm going to talk a little bit about Gabby herself, um, because she is the focus. So, Gabby Petito was born March 19th, in 1999. So, she's 22 years old, and she was living the life like some people just dream of. She was just on a cross country road trip with her fiance, Brian Laundrie. She was an aspiring blogger. She was a travel enthusiast. You know, they set off on this trip. They were going to visit several national parks. I mean, the pictures that she posted, just beautiful landscapes and, like, this gorgeous tent set up that just would make it even, I don't even camp, and it makes me want to go out and live that life. Um, so it just sounds like a, a great trip. And even um, our old-time crime gal, Shannon, herself, they did a road trip a few years ago and took a RV and traveled out west and did the national parks and you know it was pretty cool. Their pictures and their stories, like they had they they had a great time. They can't wait to go back. So but even though there are plenty of, you know, beautiful photos and videos and sweet posts about each other, social media, oh, we all know that it's things aren't always what they seem. We love it, we hate it, we have this love-hate relationship with it. Um, You know, anytime you post something on social media or you see something on social media, you know, you're giving your followers just a glimpse into like a picture-perfect second that's captured in a still frame. I mean, if we're 100% real all the time, like it would, if no one used filters or edited, you know, it would be messy. You know, real life is messy and it's really not interesting, Um, but that doesn't get you followers. So we all know we kind of strive to have a Perfect social media presence, even though things aren't always what they seem. But so in July of 2020, so Gabby announced their engagement. So she posted a picture from their first date, you know, the loving words, and get all mushy. And then the very next day, Brian also made a post about the engagement. So both seemed over the moon. They were happy. Their family commented, like they just they weren't in a hurry, they, didn't, they weren't in a rush. They just wanted to enjoy life while they were young and they decided to take up this cross-country trip to explore some of the United States national parks before kind of life weighed them down with marriage. Because, I mean, I can't just drop everything and go cross-country because you have husband, you have jobs, you have kids, and you have bills. So, so they were young and they could kind of do what they want to do. So why not? Um, and their family supported that. So Gabby purchased a white 2012 Ford Transit van with a black ladder on the back and this was going to be their like home away from home. They lived in Florida so their trip began on July 2nd 2021. They set off on this big adventure but they left from Blue Point, New York. So they were in New York visiting Gabby's parents. It was actually her brother's high school graduation. So they're celebrating, they're having a good time and then they start their trek from there. So now, since she's an avid traveler, you know, she's a blog, she wants to be a blogger, start a blog, she has a following on Instagram, and she continually makes posts through the trip so that their family and her, her followers can kind of track where they're going. So from that, we can kind of piece together a timeline. And things have been added to the timeline from um, people who've seen them in hindsight, and realized that now, you know, it was important, and stuff's been adding every day, so it's kind of an ongoing, so even at the time of this recording, there still may be some new information that comes out, so, so with the van outfitted for camping and cooking, we see the first pictures from their trip, so they visit Monument Rocks in Kansas, so there's some photos from there, so then they move on to Colorado Springs, so next, they spend two nights camping at the Great Sand Dunes National Park and Reserve in Colorado. I think they do some dune surfing and they, they post some pictures there. Gabby posts a photo on July 11th on the last day in Colorado and that they were on the move to Utah to visit Zion National Park. There they spent three nights in Zion National Park hiking, enjoying the scenery, you know, each other's company. They're just having a good time. They're in no rush. And then that's where she posted that tent setup that is just amazing and gorgeous. So Cedar Breaks National Monument was next. And then they went to Bryce Canyon National Park in Utah. So they took multiple pictures and videos there. Like, even hiking, like, right along the cliffs. It's just amazing scenery. So on July 26th, Gabby posts photos from the Mystic Hot Springs. And then the photos were posted from Canyonlands National Park, also in Utah. So with Gabby being an aspiring blogger and utilizing social media often, it was odd that after the post from the Canyonlands National Park, there went a span of 12 days without any post at all from Gabby. Now she was drop, you know documenting the trip via social media and now things have just gone silent. So there's nothing. But then on August 12th, Gabby posted pictures from their previous trip to Arches National Park. So she posted that they spent the night in Devil's Garden with the top off of the tent, falling asleep, looking at the stars, trying to catch a meteor shower. That sounds amazing. But also on August 12th, it would seem like this romantic nomad adventure may not have been as beautiful as all the Instagram posts made it out to be. So the couple actually gets pulled over by police in Mohab City, Utah, and the police were responding to a 911 call about a possible domestic dispute. So the officer, they witnessed their van going faster than the speed limit and actually hitting the curb, so they pulled him over. Now, there is over an hour, entire hour of footage from this traffic stop, from the dash cams and body cams available by the um, that local news station. So we'll put a link up if you want to watch it yourself, but it like an hour and 17 minutes long. So the officers pull this vehicle over, and they approach the vehicle, and as they're walking up to the vehicle, it's very evident that Gabby is in distress. She's crying. Um, They remove her from the vehicle. They, you know, ask her what's going on. So she's crying and telling the officer that she has OCD, she has anxiety, she apologizes. She was distracting Brian as he was driving, causing him to hit the curb. So they're talking to her on one side, and then they talk to Brian by himself. Now, he has scratches on his arm, and he was explaining that, you know, she was clawing and she was hitting him, and he claims she grabbed the wheel when they hit the curb. And he's also, you know, stated that he loves Gabby, doesn't want to press any charges. So then you can actually hear the officers. They go over all the options and talk about what the caller had reported in and what, you know, taking in Brian's account of the situation and Gabby's account of the situation. So, they come to the conclusion that it's possible that Gabby was seen as the aggressor of the situation. But the video explains the thought process of the decision. So, instead of, you know, filing paperwork and taking care of it as a domestic situation, you know, regardless of who was the aggressor, the male or the female, it doesn't matter. They did not handle it as a domestic dispute. They handled it as a mental break um, for the couple and decided to separate them for the night to cool off since they were... Defending each other. Um, So, Brian's taken to a hotel, and Gabby's given the keys to her van. And so, it's hard to say, looking back, if that was the point that things really got bad. I mean, obviously, we know things got bad, but it's it's unclear. Because they they didn't, they couldn't really go anywhere. They couldn't really separate from each other. I mean, that van was their home away from home. So, They take the night to cool off, and then the next day, Brian posts a photo from Arches National Park. So then another post appeared to be from just tagged MoHAB. So then a week later, there's another post from Gabby. She She didn't make any post after that stop. So this one is different. So it's not tagged with the location. There's no visible landmarks. You can't tell where they are from the photo. And normally they've been tagging it. They've been doing, you know, landmarks. And it's very easy to see where they were at. And this was just a plain view from the inside of the van looking out and just a random post. So also on August 13th is a day that she posted her only video to her YouTube for the blog. And it's like a montage mix-up video kind of chronologing their um cataloging their relationship from the beginning and so on august 25th gabby makes what would be her last instagram post so this is august 25th so she's holding a pumpkin with the caption happy halloween and the photo is in front of a mural called the monarch um, which is also in utah and so now this is where we kind of we lose track of her post she doesn't post anything else Things get complicated, and there's, like, some twists and turns that are still going on, and it's it's just a little confusing. So, Gabby, so since Gabby's been reported missing, officially on September 11th, more information has become available to fill in these gaps. Okay, so there was a blogger, a fellow traveler, who has video footage from the 27th of August, So now her last Instagram was the 25th of August. This is 27th of August. They're driving down a path to a campsite in Teton County where you see a white van with Florida tags parked on the side of the road. No one seems to be inside. It looks abandoned. There's like nothing going on. It's dark. Um, The driver realized later that this is important for the timeline to trace Gabby's last steps because it only interests them because they have Florida tags. They were also from Florida. They are like, how cool. They're from, you know, where are they from? We want to stop and talk to him, but then there was nobody in the van. And so they had the GoPros running on the um, front of the van and the back of the van, and then her husband forgot to turn them off. That's the only reason they captured this footage. And then when they realized what they had, they contacted authorities. So then it was learned, and it's also come out that the 27th of August, I believe they were kicked out of a restaurant in uh, Wyoming for having some um, altercations, and Brian seemed very agitated, and he was very... Um, Aggressive and getting mad and in and out around the hostess stand, and they ended up getting kicked out. So that they have also contacted authorities about that sighting. So right around this time is when things are just not going great at all. So then it was learned that two days later, August 29th, this girl Miranda Baker and her boyfriend picked up Brian as a hitchhiker. At the time, of course, they don't they didn't know him from Adam. They didn't know who he was. But so they picked him up in Coulter Bay Village, which is south of Grand Teton, near the Snake River, and he stated that he'd been camping by himself for a few days while his girlfriend, he didn't say any names, was working in their van on a social media blog, and so the Miranda had put out a TikTok that, you know, is has gone viral now, and she said that Brian approached them needing a ride to Jackson, which was where they were headed, and so that was around 5 30 p.m. that night. And she posted her story online, you know, after realizing from all these news outlets and breaking stories that that was Brian Laundry that they picked up. And she cooperated with law enforcement. She even notified them before she posted anything. Um, but she basically mentioned they were headed to Jackson Hole and not Jackson. And then he got angry and nervous and agitated and just got out of the car in about 30 minutes into the trip. So, And he had offered him $200 for the ride. So you've got, they pass the van by on the 27th of August, and it's empty, and he gets picked up on the 29th, saying he had been camping by himself, and Gabby was in the van. So Gabby probably wasn't in the van. The van was just there. I'm not quite sure how that fits into place, and only Brian can answer those questions. But so then on August 29th, that day that he got picked up, Gabby's mom receives a text message from her daughter but she doesn't think that it came from Gabby. It's like she FaceTimed her on the 24th of August. Gabby told her they were leaving Utah and heading to Teton Range in Wyoming. They also exchanged text messages over the next few days, and so she, they believe she's in the Teton area. But the last message Gabby sent was no service in Yosemite. Okay, so now, on August 29th, you remember, they got picked up in Coulter Bay Village, which is, he's still in Grand Teton. Over 2,300 miles and two days later, September 1st, Brian drives home to Northport, Florida. He's driving Gabby's white Ford Transit van and he gets there by himself. Gabby was not with him. So if he drove from Yosemite National Park To his home in North Point, Florida, it's a non-stop 41-hour road trip. That is with no traffic, no bathroom breaks, no stops for anything. Not even stopping for gas. So this part of the timeline doesn't make any sense. It's nearly impossible. But it's also about to get stranger. So he arrives home on September 1st. On September 11th, Gabby is reported missing by her parents in Long Beach, New York. You know, they have been tried to call. They have texted. They have, you know, virtually done everything possible to get in touch with Gabby. Through Brian Laundry, his parents, his sister, everyone. No phones were being picked up. No phones are being answered. No text messages are being returned they can't find gabby so they file a missing persons report that same day the van is taken into custody by police and processed for evidence from the couple's home in north point that they share with brian's parents and they said there has been material i'm going to use that in quotes because we do not know what this material is but they have confiscated some evidence from the van so they have gabby's van so at this point Brian does not speak to the police or the FBI. They do not answer any questions. Basically, they are lawyered up, and anytime someone has tried to, you know, comment or ask a question in an official manner, they basically get handed the attorney's information. All questions can go through our lawyers. We're not talking. Virtually a big no comment. And that is just a slap in the face. I mean, Gabby has lived with them for a year. She's supposed to be their daughter-in-law. She's missing. She's not back. Two people go on a trip. Only one has come back. He knows something. I don't care if he just got mad and left her on the side of the road and drove off. Tell somebody. But so, there's just nothing. But then comes another twist that just makes the story so much more frustrating. And interesting. But police finally think they're going to get a chance to talk to Brian. But it's not what they think. Okay, so we're back. And the police are trying to get information out of Brian, Laundrie, and his family about this trip that he went on with his fiance you know, where both of them went off to travel the national parks, and then he comes back alone. So then his fiancée is reporting missing. So there's another twist. So the laundry family contacts police on September 17th to come to their home and speak with them. That's all they, they say. They just request that the authorities show up. So they believe that, you know, they, the pressure of being a person of interest, because they did label Brian as a person, person of interest to the public, And that's kind of like putting the pressure on him. Like, maybe he's decided that he's ready to answer some questions. Maybe he doesn't want to be a person of interest anymore. You know, maybe he wants to prove that he had nothing to do with her disappearance. And so they show up to talk to Brian. They even post that they're on the way to talk because there's been people, like, protesting outside their house, like, asking them to talk. Like, because it's obvious I mean, he is the missing key. He was the only one with Gabby. He was in the van. He shows up with the van. She's gone. He is the person that needs to answer some questions. I understand in our time now, um, this woke cancel culture crap that you want to call. Police probably didn't want to label him as a suspect and then get backlash or... I mean, they can't do anything right. I mean, either they're handling it wrong, they're... Jumping the gun or no one can do anything right. And everyone points out the wrong and the bad and they assume everything. So from their standpoint, I can get where they're saying like, hey, we're not labeling this guy as a suspect. We don't know exactly what happened. No one knows exactly what happened. And that's the problem. We're trying to get to the truth. So he's labeled as a person of interest. They go to the house. Well, the parents are there. And they are wanting to report Brian as a missing person. His parents notify police and now put out a missing person's report on their son. Okay. So, he disappears. Conveniently, in, in my opinion. But their statement is that they lost, they last saw him, okay, on Tuesday, the 14th. Now, mind you, it's the 17th. So they last saw him on Tuesday, the 14th, as he went out for a hike and just didn't come back. But they didn't call until Friday. So he's missing for what? He went out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then now you report him missing? Um, But so he said he was going to a local park, county park. And so the attorney for the family stated that they went looking for him on Wednesday. And then they claim they drove his silver Mustang back home to the house on Thursday. And again, still they didn't call police till Friday. But, eyewitnesses came forward. I mean, people are protesting outside the house. That silver Mustang was in the driveway by Wednesday. And it's confirmed. So, why lie? Why are they, so why lie? So, what exactly happened? So on Saturday, this was Friday, they reported the missing. So on Saturday, there's two main searches going on in two different parts of the country. Authorities are trying to cover over 25,000 acres of county park known as Carlton Reserve for Brian Laundry. I mean, they searched all weekend and they came up empty. And then across the country in Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming, you have local law enforcement, National Park Service, and the FBI are searching for Gabby. So, this was on Saturday, but by Sunday, there was some heartbreaking news. So, a body was found in Grand Teton National Park matching the description of Gabby. It was later released in a press conference that without forensic confirmation, they could not 100% say it was confirmed to be Gabby, but the family had been notified. So, that's kind of an official way to unofficially say that she had been found. Um, So, normally when that happens, it's items with the body Identifying markers like tattoos probably gave them visual confirmation um, of identity, but they want to wait until they have, you know, dentals and DNA to match to officially, you know, confirm it. So, with her body being found, on Monday the 20th, the FBI executed a search warrant for the laundry's home, so the parents were removed and they were put in a van in the driveway and the house was searched for hours. Boxes of evidence were removed by, you know, agents, including all the electronic equipment. And so, after a while, her parent, the Brian's parents, were allowed back in the house. But then they believe authorities exhausted all their efforts to search the Carlton Reserve for Brian, and they ceased the search. The search shifted. Even search dogs never picked up his scent at the park. So, Gabby's autopsy was set for Tuesday. And so the FBI makes an announcement that the Teton County coroner, Dr. Brent Blue, has decided that Gabby's cause of death was a homicide. Again, no surprise to those who have been following the story. But the full results, the second stage of the autopsy, is not going to be available yet. um, So they're now determining exactly how she was killed. So they know it was a homicide, but we don't know if it was you know, blunt force trauma, or strangulation, or drowning, or your actual specific. Um, Sometimes they keep that close to the vest, because they want to find out, you know, what the killer knows, and who, you know, it could have been some random person, you know, we, we don't know what happened. Brian could have left her, and said, you know, I'm taking the van home, see you later, and she could have been on her own, and stumbled across someone who had ill intentions, and or got in a fight with somebody else and you know we just don't know what happened we can't 100 percent say that yes it was um you know brian had something directly to do with it but the fact that you don't talk and you disappear kind of throws up your guilty flag a little bit so i you know personal opinion directly involved in some form or fashion but the laundry family, at the request of the FBI, they were supposed to hold a press conference um, scheduled Tuesday. But in light of the news, they decided to cancel it. So they released a statement <laughs> that remains they want to focus on finding their missing son. But they have yet to comment not one word about anything relating to Gabby. And this was supposed to be someone their son loved, someone that you know lived with them for a year, You know, their son was home on September 1st, and, you know, they probably helped him go missing, and I use that in quotations, because I'm sure a lot of people are with me here. He is not missing. He is hiding. He is on the run. You know, I don't care if he stole the van and left her to fend for herself, but he is just, He needs to be a decent human being and say something. And so, now a lot of people have come and spoken out like the lady who picked him up hitchhiking, Miranda Baker. There's a park ranger who's spoken out about that traffic stop in Moab City where Gabby was in distress. She was crying. She was upset. Um, she had mentioned she had anxiety and OCD. She was obviously in a fragile state of mind. We've all been there. And she had mentioned that she had a conversation with Gabby about a toxic relationship, you know, maybe she should try a different path. And that's all well and good advice and probably one she needed to follow. But she was Lord knows how many miles away from home, trapped in a van because that's where they were living with this person. And a lot of times, you know, psychology profiles and character traits he could have been the type of person that maybe Gabby decided she did have enough and she just wanted to go and maybe he snapped. We we just don't know. Um, I know that that particular park ranger was probably just trying to dish out some, some good advice for someone who was hurting, but for the, the situation was just bad all the way around. She had nowhere to go. Um, I can't say that's what caused anything to happen. I'm not blaming anybody, but that's just another piece of the puzzle that has come out in this case. And so um, as of this recording, you know, they've police have made a statement that they, he still has not been listed as a suspect. He is just a person of interest who has information that they need to find but kind of convenient that he just went missing as soon as Gabby was found dead. I mean, come on now. But as of this morning, you know, police are actually, they're back out at Carlton Reserve with ATVs resuming the search. I think, I have written down, we're unsure why, but he popped up on someone's trail camera. Uh, Of course, they're not saying it's him. I think they're looking into it, but the picture is awfully convincing. And the backpack looks exactly like the one that was in his Instagram post. I mean, you look at that picture, and I'm like, that is Brian Laundrie. So, he is um, still out and about, and they have not found him. So, the FBI is asking for anyone with information about Brian Laundrie, his whereabouts, information about his involvement, and in Gabby's demise. Please contact them. That is 1-800-CALL-FBI, which is 225-5324. A heart with Gabby's family as they go through this horrible situation I just, I cannot even imagine. And, you know, I want to make a plea to Brian's parents. If this somehow little podcast reaches you, um, if you know your son has anything to do with this and you're protecting him, you need to do the right thing and speak out. And if you're hiding him or helping him invade law enforcement, I hope they find him soon and the truth is brought to light and you are also held accountable for what you are doing in this. Um if you have nothing to do with it, the talk. I just don't understand why they're not talking. So this story is still unfolding as we speak. So more will come out every single Monday. day. There's a lot to unpack. Um, there's twists. There's turns. We just want to get the word out about Brian Laundrie being a missing person of interest and in a murder investigation. So if you see him, please call the tip in. Even if you think it might not be. But just just call With everyone out there, I mean, even um, In Pursuit with John Walsh did an episode last night on Brian. And a lot of cases have been solved now. We have technology everywhere. A lot of people are looking out for this guy. So hopefully we can get him soon and we can find out exactly what has happened to Gabby. Um, But she will be missed. And I'll link the sources that I use for this episode. But story is absolutely everywhere. You type in Gabby Batito, and it's just loads of information comes up. So with everyone looking, we hope that he'll turn up soon and we can finally get some answers and justice for what happened to Gabby. I know a lot of people are on either side of this. Either they want to hear about it or they're tired of hearing about it, and then she has too much coverage. But in a case where we have so much information, and there's a possibility to solve it, and solve it fast because he has he has to run out of resources he can't stay in the woods forever he has to come out for something um that we can get it solved but there are hundreds i mean girls have gone missing since september 1st in the united states and it's girls of every you know race region religion color it doesn't matter Um, all of them are important and so next week i'll try to cover another missing person's case Um, that's current, that might not have gotten as much coverage, and actually that has disappeared under the same circumstances, but I just want to thank y'all for listening again, and so I'll be back next week with another episode um, while Shannon takes some time to recover, and if you remember, you do the crime, it'll catch up with you in time, and then I'll talk about it, so we will talk to you next week. Thanks.